you here in this place, that your presence uh, would be very real for us. God, particularly as we come and open your word and hear uh, from your scriptures what you have already revealed and said many, many years before, God, will you come and speak into our hearts through these words? We come and um, refresh these words, make them new and real to us here this morning, that we would be able to meet with you and know you more fully, and that you would lead us into new life, that you would uh, refresh and restore each one of us here. God, we thank you for your presence. We welcome it, and we ask that you would help us uh, to meet with you Openly and honestly, this morning we pray. Amen. All right. We are continuing on in uh, working through uh, the letter of 1 John. And this is a letter we've already, over the past few weeks, explored that John is wanting to write uh, to the early church and help them to cling to what is true particularly around the topic of spirituality or spiritual growth. There are lots of ideas and teachings going around that um, John was really worried about for the early church. The Gnostics were teaching some uh, very strange ideas and John was saying, no, no, you've got to remember what is good and true. And that's what he's trying to write here. So as we've explored in previous weeks... um, John has said that good and true, healthy spiritual growth means that we grow together. We share our faith. We teach one another. We learn about God uh, together. We understand who he is together. Um, Faith is not just a private experience. This is something that's core for John. And then we've looked at, at how central Christ is to our faith. Uh, John says, yes, we do need a saviour. And yes, we do need to build our life around him. He is our model and we need to uh, look at him and follow him. And as we do that, our everyday life should change. And we should be able to see that. Um, faith is not just an internal experience. It actually flows into all of our life. And last week, we looked at the fact that John uh, says that we need to understand that that coming to Jesus um, means a change in our identity. We actually have to understand that we move from just living um, in the world to living in the kingdom. That we no longer can just go along with the flow or agree with the patterns and behaviors of this world or of the kingdom of darkness. But we actually are saying, no, I'm, I'm exiting that kingdom. That whole way of living and the rules that are okay, the, the cultures that are okay there, the things that the devil is happy to sow into our lives. I, I'm now stepping out of that and into a new kingdom. Even though physically I am still living in this world, my identity has changed. And that's what John is wanting us to understand. There is something very deep and core about coming to faith. It's not just a few rules that we add on. It really changes the way we see our life. Well, this week, 
in chapter 4, we're exploring what John sees is very, very core to the kingdom of God. Very, very core to who God is. The, the kind of the thing that underpins everything, he says, is love. And that's what we're talking about today for those who are taking sermon notes, is love. John wants us to understand that this identity shift means we, we press into the very um, essence of love. Now, this morning, we're going to read this passage together. And I'm going to invite us to um, read together. So I'm trying to, I need to split the room in two, which is really awkward because this, this group here is kind of right in the middle. Um, but, but how about everyone from Mike and, and Gay over this way? When we read, whenever the word God comes up, I want you to speak that out loud as we read. So you guys are going to say God, and, and everyone on this side, you're going to say love. So that's the word you're looking for. So uh, when I point over this side, you guys are going to say God. And when I point over this way, Excellent. I think this is going to go brilliantly. I've always, my kids have been at music camp for the last couple of weeks with the Young Music Society, and I've been watching the conductors and going, oh, I'd love to do that. So this is, this is um, my moment to shine. Okay. Um, dear friends, let us continue to one another for comes from anyone who is a child of and knows but anyone who does not, does not know, for is, showed how much he, us, by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real. Not that we, but that he, us, and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since us that much, we surely ought to each other. No one has ever seen, but if we, each other, lives in us and his is brought to full expression in us. And has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have living in them and they live in we know how much us and we have put our trust in his god is love and all who live in live in and lives in them and as we live in our love <laughs> Grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. 
But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such has no fear because perfect expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We each other because he first he loved us first sorry different translation in my head if someone says i god but hates a fellow believer that person is a liar for if we don't love people we ha- we can see how can we god whom we cannot see and he has given us this command those who must also their fellow believers. It's a fun chapter. So John uses the word love 48 times in this letter, and it's only five chapters. It's not a long um, book in the Bible. So if you've been here for the past few weeks, reading this, you will probably be hearing uh, some repeated themes that John has already spoken in the earlier chapters. But here, what we have is that John is wanting us to understand why love is so important for us. He wants us to understand how central love is to our faith. And he wants us to understand how it is that we grow in this love. In the opening verses, he uses, again, very black and white language, um, that anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. So he's using very polemic language um, here, Because he doesn't want people to miss the point. He doesn't want people to to miss the connection between love and God. Um, What he's saying is we can't claim to be spiritually alive and growing spiritually if love is not something that is coming alive within us. The two go together. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, this is in the midst of a teaching where the Gnostics were saying, you know, you can live spiritually very separately to your life on earth. They are two different planes of existence. And John is saying, no, no, you can't actually. The core purpose of this chapter, uh, what John wants us to see and understand is that healthy spiritual growth will see us grow in our love for others. It's not, it's not an optional extra. It is part of our faith. And so really, you know, John is saying to us here, if we are not seeing this, it should raise questions. If we're not seeing a softening of our hearts for other human beings, it should be raising questions for us. So this is the central theme of the chapter. But as we read through it, what we notice or don't notice perhaps is that 
that John isn't taking his time kind of whipping us and telling us to try harder to love. That's not the focus of his writing. It's not where he puts his energy into, into saying, you've got to work more at this. You've got to do more. You've got to try harder. It's very hard to actually find that in this passage. It's because John is saying this isn't something that we do in our own strength. So he wants us to understand that love is core to our faith. And he says, God is love. And so love comes from God. Love is at the core of our faith and at the center of spiritual growth because God is love. That is the very nature, the very essence of God. He is love. So John is saying that our ability to love actually comes from God. He created love. He understands love better than we ever can or will. And John says we can't claim to know love better than God does. In fact, we're only able to love because of him, because it is something he has given us. We love because God has revealed love to us. We have been created in God's image, and that is why love has been built into us. It is part of who he has made us to be, that we will know and understand love. And what John is saying in this chapter alongside of this is that the more we press into love, the more we will know and understand God because God is love. And the flip side, the more we press into God, the more we will know and understand love. The two go together. He's saying everyone who loves knows something of who God is. There is an aspect of God that comes through in this that people can touch, people can relate to. The scriptures say that creation reveals God. Well, love also reveals God. Um, We can know him through love and understanding love. And as we grow in our understanding of love, we grow in our understanding of God. So John's big question for us in this uh, chapter is, are you growing in love? If you want to understand spiritual health and if you want to pursue that, are you growing in love? Is, Is that happening for you? Love is not a side topic for us as followers of Jesus. It is core. If we want to step into the abundance of life that Jesus says he came to bring, um, we will be growing in love. All right, so what does this mean? How do we understand what John is talking about here, what this love is? Well, we can go to the Greek word that John uses for love. He uses the word agape. Has anyone ever had a, a sermon on what agape is before or heard? You know, there's, I think there's five different Greek uh, words for love. Um, somebody's romantic love, somebody's brotherly uh, love. Um, Greek 
Agape love is typically said to be unconditional love. Um, But really it translates um, as a warmth or regard or esteem for others that isn't based on circumstance, that isn't based on what they have done. So it's a love that, that is an attitude and a posture towards others, not because they have earned it, just because it is. That's the word uh, that, that John is using here when he says God is love. He has a posture of regard, high esteem, value towards us, not because of what we have done, just because he does, he is. Nothing can change that. So that is the word. But perhaps it's more helpful for us to look at the example that John gives in this chapter. Starting at verse 9, John says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So John is pointing to a a love, a warmth, an affection, a regard, whatever words we want to put into that, that moves into action. He points to a love that goes first. If we look at um, Romans chapter 5 verse 8, Paul says that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So he's pointing to an example here uh, in this letter saying God did not wait to love us. He didn't wait for us to tick all the right boxes. He didn't wait until we met his expectations. He didn't wait until we did the right things. Love goes first. That's the example, the picture of love that John is pointing to. And, and that is the sense of unconditional Um, When you hear people talk about agape and they say unconditional, this is what they mean. It goes first. We have to be very careful in churches sometimes when we talk about unconditional love and grace and forgiveness. Um, I know uh, one of the things that's happened in, um, in studies around family violence and domestic violence is churches have actually been... Um, sometimes dangerous places because the way we talk about love and being unconditional is that we we just tolerate everything. And that's actually not quite true. That's not the gospel. We have to be very careful about that. Uh, And in fact, even in Jesus extending um, unconditional grace and love to us, uh, we read throughout the gospels that we have to step into that. Um, A response is required from us. 
Um, I just want to put that out there because I don't want to add weight uh, to what we are learning um, has been an issue for, for people in churches around domestic violence. I just I don't know how to say that, you know, you know, in a cool, gentle, easy, poetic manner, but um, we have to be careful when we say unconditional love. But it's a love that goes first. It's a love that doesn't wait for people to meet our expectations before we hold them with warmth, with a high regard, before we approach them with the right attitude. This is the same love that we see in Jesus. All the way through the Gospels, Jesus demonstrates this for us. This is the way he approaches people. Jesus went to tax collectors, people who were despised, who had done nothing to earn the place as a student of a rabbi, and says, come and follow me. Jesus calls out to Zacchaeus in a tree, a man who didn't think he, he was worthy of anyone's love, let alone Jesus. And he calls out to him and says, I want to come to your house for dinner. Jesus knelt down with the woman caught in the act of adultery and defended her before she had done anything for him. This is the kind of love that God has for us. And what John is saying, we should be growing in. If we are becoming like God, if we are connecting to him, pressing into him, this will rise up within us. We won't raise up all these expectations for someone to jump over before we can treat them well, before we can hold them with high regard. This is the kind of love that Jesus demonstrated. And John says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect or more complete, is another translation. So John is saying the more time we spend with God, the more we meet him, the more we know him, the more we listen to him and follow him, the more we be still with him. The more we agree with him and seek to align with him, the more our love will grow to be like his love. So as I've already mentioned, John is, is writing here into a context where the Gnostics were teaching you could grow spiritually. You could know the divine without it changing your relationships with others. And John is saying that's not true. That is not the gospel. That is not the God that comes and meets with us. God is love, and knowing him means that we know love. Growing in him means that we grow in love. This is why John records in his gospel, not his letter, but his gospel, in chapter 13, verse 35, that Jesus says, Your love 
for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. These are Jesus' words. So we know that we are growing spiritually when we love like Jesus loved. A love that goes first. The question that I want to leave us with this morning um, isn't, are you growing in love? I think that's a question that John uses uh, here in this passage, and it's an important question. But ultimately, the deeper question that John is pointing us to, I believe, is are you growing in God? How are you growing in God? How is God growing in you? Are you falling in love with God? Are you spending time with him? We are you know, coming on the back of, of, I think, one of the most disruptive times of year. Um, I say that in a good way, normally. Um, the bushfires have possibly shifted that for our nation. But I love that Christmas and New Year's breaks our rhythm and our routine as a nation and as churches. I love that people go away on holidays, typically. There's, there's a lot of routines and rhythms that change. And often it's a time where people ask questions about their life and what they're doing and how they're going. They reflect on the year that's gone. So they go and spend time on holidays and realize how tired they've become. It raises some questions about whether the next year should be the same. I wonder in this time, are you able to, or do you need to question your rhythms around where you're spending time with God, how you're actually pressing into him and seeking uh, to know him more and allow him to know you more? How are you doing that? I want to encourage you, if that's a question that you you're challenged by, uh, not to walk away from it, but to press into that question. Um, and if you, if you want someone to chat to and go, well, how do I do that? Um, I would love to, you know, to chat with you through that, but I'm sure there are others here who would, would be happy to share, well, this is what's worked for me. This is what's been good for me. This is the ways in which I've found it rich to spend time with God, to meet with him. You know, through the word, through prayer, through nature, um, through a range of different ways. But that's the question I want to leave with us this morning. Is he actually able to help you grow in love? Is he meeting with you? Let me pray for us. God, I am so thankful that you are love. I'm thankful for that reminder. God, I'm thankful that the scriptures tell us we actually don't need to fear you. Once we know your love and your heart towards us, we don't need to fear that we are going to be discarded. We don't need to fear that uh, judgment is coming um, to push us away, that that is your heart. What John is saying is your heart towards us is love. You hope for us. You dream for us. You want good things for us. You're prepared to take the first step towards us every day. 
And that will never change. God, I pray that you will help us to rest in that. That we will be a people who can breathe out a sigh of comfort and a sigh of relief whenever we think of you. That we know that you are the God who throws your arms open wide. The God who runs towards us. God, will you help us to just ask you if we are actually running towards you in this season of life? Are we making space, time to meet with you, to actually listen to your spirit and what you might be wanting to say about our heart, about our attitudes? Are we bringing our everyday questions to you? God, will you help us to seek you more? God, I want to pray for anyone here who is feeling very spiritually dry. God, I thank you for John's message that our faith is not all about feelings. And, you know, we can have weeks where we feel great and weeks where we don't. And that's, that's not necessarily a sign of our relationship with you. But, God, I pray for those who this morning, this message is sitting on their hearts and going, you know what? I have become quite distant from you. God, will you make this a rich and blessed week? for each of us. I pray that whatever we try, whatever space we make, God, you will find ways to meet us in that and encourage us and help us to continue to take steps towards you. God, I'm excited at the idea that we as a church might head into this new year Growing in love and growing in a love that goes first, a love that reaches out. God, I pray for this community here at Gungarland and the whole of Mosaic that we would look across the room when we meet on a Sunday and we would actually love the people around us. We would want uh, to know them. We would want to press in. We would want to find ways to bless and support each other. I pray that in this community, we would know each other as your followers because we experience love in this community. But God, I want to pray for more than that for us, that we would, we would see and know people around us, outside of mosaic that we our hearts will melt for god we will see what you see and you will place people on our hearts that we would grow to go first to reach out to see where people are lonely to see where people are needing you god i'm excited at the possibility that we can share your love here in this city Will you help us to see that and know that and step into that?